Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we've got some news to talk about, some really big news. Uh, Sam Neuer, starting quarterback last year, second team All-Pac 12 quarterback last year. He's entering the transfer portal, and uh, we're going to dig into that. Uh, what the next steps might be for Sam. Um, of course, what the next steps are for Colorado. That's going to be the, the big topic. Um, and uh, before we get into all that, I'm going to say a quick word about the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. If you guys haven't been following along, you're missing out. Uh, Colorado's newest rugby team is taking athletes from other sports teaching them how to play rugby trying to get them onto the u.s national team and things are going very well they use the same facilities as the national team out in glendale the rugby town national training center uh you can follow along with this whole project with at dnvr rugby on twitter um and with the dnvr rugby podcast oh and the written content at the dnvr.com so check all that out okay um so yeah sam headed to the transfer portal uh, obviously, this was a kind of a three-way quarterback competition between Sam, uh, JT Shrout, the transfer from Tennessee, and Brendan Lewis, who was a true freshman last year in his first year on campus, which means that he's still a true freshman this year because last year didn't count for eligibility. But if you just say the true freshman Brendan Lewis, it puts the wrong idea in your head. Um, my initial reaction, honestly, is that it kind of makes sense. Um, so, so Sam obviously was dealing with the shoulder injury last year. He, uh, he says he heard it in the UCLA game, first game of the season. Um, he says it progressively got worse. He got season or off season surgery and, uh, didn't participate in any of spring camp was supposed to, I, I think the last update we heard was he was supposed to start light throwing in the beginning of May. It's been about a month. Uh, we haven't heard really anything. I'm not sure how we would have, though. You know, like, like it's not like there's a lot of conversations with coaches and players at this time of year. Um, so, so we don't know whether things are going well in that recovery or not. Um, I would guess, though, just based on the way the timeline is supposed to work, he should be good to go. And, and I'm kind of elaborating on this because I, I was reading, like, a, a preview of the buff season. Um, not, not from, like, a local writer um yesterday and they were saying that you know Nate or, or Sam might not be back and whatever and that kind of caught me off guard um just in case anybody else was checking that out also I think in there they also said the the biggest problem for the buffs was uh the depth at running back that 
that should put in perspective the, the take on Sam. So just in case anybody else did click on that and read it, we're not even going to say who it was. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think that Sam is healthy and good to go. But I do think that him not being able to participate this spring maybe was a factor. Again, it's been framed as a three-way quarterback competition with Sam as the incumbent, um, with uh, Brendan and JT kind of challenging. My read on the situation and based on the couple of conversations I've had this morning would be that, you know, it's kind of what you'd expect it to be. Sam kind of realized that the team was moving along, most likely moving along. Um, and that there was a, a very, very, very real chance that he wasn't going to be the starter this year. Um, again, not a surprise. I think that, you know, in talking about this on this podcast before, I probably would have said, you know, that JT, in my opinion, is is the favorite to get this job with Brendan behind him. And then you, you've got Sam back there too. Um, and it's not to say that Sam couldn't be a good starting quarterback. It's just that there's a lot of factors that are working against him. Again, if, if, if he's leaving, it's tough to believe that the thought process was, oh, I think I'm going to be the starter here. Might as well transfer and see if I can get find a better job. You know, um, and again, from a couple of people I've talked to that or my read on the situation seems to be kind of accepted uh, throughout, you know, the, the, the offices up there. So uh, there's kind of the background I can offer um, again in terms of what this means for Colorado. I, I don't think that it's going to change who the starting quarterback is this season. Um, I still do think that it's JT or Brendan, and, and obviously that at this point that's who it is. Which one of them that is is a little bit more of a question. Um, again, we've, we've talked about JT recently just because uh, I went back, watched the Tennessee game against Texas A&M where he got a, a, about half of the game he played quarterback. Um, again, there's a lot to like with him. And I think that this will be a, a really good competition. You know, what, what makes it so tough to evaluate where Sam fits in is just the way that, you know, first of all, his shoulder deteriorated throughout the season and the way that his passing deteriorated throughout the season. Um, and those two things were probably related. And in talking to Sam, you know, he always said, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. I need to do better. I miss some throws. At the same time, I, my shoulder was bothering me. And that is athlete cofer. Yeah, I'd blame it on the shoulder if I could do that publicly without looking like, a, you know, a guy you don't want to look like. Um, I will say that where this does hurt the buffs is just in terms of the depth, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you go through fall camp and let's just say Brendan goes out there, he tears it up. You, you love what you see from him. JT, pretty early on, you realize eh, he's not going to be the guy for us this year. You know, for, for whatever reason, he's not ready. The reason probably, I would guess, is that he uh, he, he can't hit short throws. He's, he's missing the touch passes. You know, that's kind of the book on him. If that's what happens, you go into a season, a 12-game season this time, and you lose Brendan at some point, and we'll knock on wood for that one, all of a sudden you're saying, ah, we weren't all that impressed with JT. Maybe Sam would have been the guy. 
And I think that that's where he really hurts you. Um, and then also just from a leadership perspective, you know, he, he was, he was somebody who the team could rally around last year. You know, that, that was part of the storyline. You know, the buffs were the underdogs every single week. Um, they're, they're underdogs against whoever they're playing, despite being undefeated to that point. And they're, they're playing a quarterback who spent last year at safety because he couldn't even get on the depth chart at quarterback. It's, it, it was just one more little piece to throw in there. You've got Jarek, who nobody heard of going out and doing what he was doing. I think in college football, those sorts of narratives, they play a big part. Like Not, not like the outside narratives, not what ESPN or whatever says about the team, what we say about the team. It's, it's the internal stuff. Being able to look around and be like, oh, yeah, we just beat UCLA. Let's go. Let's rally around Sam. Nobody thought we could do this. And I think that that little spark is there. And I think even if he wasn't the quarterback, his presence could be missed a little bit. Um, it's a young team. It's a really young team. You know, you look at the skill positions. I guess you've got Alex Fontenot, who's been there for a, a while now. Um, what, he's going to be a... A junior this year, plus like last year doesn't count, or was that would that have been a redshirt anyway? Point is he's he's been around for a few years at least. But outside of that, you, you look at like I guess Dimitri's gonna be in his is a junior now. Is that even true, or is he still a sophomore? Because last year doesn't count. Wow, I'm starting to get all these <laughs> all these classes mixed up. Um, on the offensive line, you have a couple more veterans, but there's a lot of young guys and a lot of young guys who are gonna be really important. Um, first of all. Either Brendan or JT, or potentially both, honestly. I think there's, uh, what, Ooh, are we putting a number on this? I'd say that there's a better than 50-50 chance that we see both quarterbacks. I'd say there's a 75% chance that we see both quarterbacks this season. Um, and, and factored into that is, you know, the fact that people get hurt when they play football. Um, and whether that's hurt for three, four weeks, or whether it's hurt for a few plays, it, it really surprised me if you go through a season, first of all, that way, keeping your starter healthy. You know, even look back to, I guess, last year Sam played, I think he played every snap except for in that first game, not not including the bowl game, obviously, um, but every snap except for when Tyler Lytle came in in that first game. You know, you look back the year before, I think, so Steven Montez absolutely started every game, but, you know, the USC game, he missed a series. Um, the Oregon game, I think he subbed out kind of late. You know, it's just what happens. Um, on top of that, though, you know, if if last year they were willing to throw Tyler Lytle in for a, a series or two when you're up what 21 to 7 or 21 zip whichever I think it was 21 7 at that point um and Sam Neuer doing good work you would expect them to be willing to to make those similar calls early this season with these two quarterbacks just to make sure that they're right you know it's I don't necessarily agree with the decision they made I I absolutely disagree with the decision they made to bring Tyler Lytle in in that game at the same time though the idea that you should go through camp, figure out who the better quarterback is, play that quarterback, but then also find a way to make sure that the other guy doesn't just pop in the games. It makes sense to me. I just think that maybe they're a little bit quick in that game to pull that trigger. 
You know, maybe wait till you have an even bigger lead when the game's out of hand or when things aren't going well and use them as a changeup. But sometime in those first few weeks, it, it makes sense. And I think, you know, let's take the injuries out of it. I still think that there's a 50-50 chance you see both this year. Yeah. And probably, a, again, not including injuries, a 25% chance you see both start games this year. That's where I put it. You know, 50-50, that at some point things go south and they sub in for the rest of the game or the quarter or whatever, and 25-75, that gets to the point where you say, ah, oh, we got to make a change here and at least try this for another game. Um, again, when you're going through those numbers and saying there's a real chance you're going to get to your number two quarterback this season, that's where missing Sam could could hurt, especially if it's a situation where, you know, JT's the starter, somebody who has some experience, whereas Brennan Lewis has thrown 10 passes and they were in a blowout postseason game. And remember, bowl games don't really matter. Um, there's like three that do. So, I mean, it's not to say those were, like, meaningless. They absolutely weren't. There was a chance for him to see what the speed is like and all that kind of stuff. But it definitely isn't the same experience that JT has playing in some more meaningful games um, against SEC opponents. I think he's played in, what, like, eight games in his career? He only got extensive time in, like, two of them, I think. But still, at least it's something. I think that if if there's a game where, say, JT's the starter... Um, you're, you're up, say, 34 to 27 with just a few minutes left on the clock. Um, that might be a situation where you say, you know what? Sam has a steady hand. You know, as much as we're excited about Brendan, he hasn't played all that much. And we're just trying to not screw up these last couple of minutes, get this win, get out of here. Sam, Sam might be the guy for that. And so, you know, you could see the paths. I, I think that there there was a chance that maybe like some sort of wildcat formation could be used. You know, the way that they ran Visca uh, in those short yardage situations, you know, Sam was really effective at those. I'm pretty sure we brought this up last week. I think it was what? They scored touchdowns on 17 of 24 possessions in the red zone last year. Sam's power running in the red zone was a huge reason for that. You know, and, and even when he didn't have the ball, just the threat of him running was was huge for that. And I think that maybe there was a world where if, if he had decided to stay, that they keep some of that kind of stuff. At the same time, Brendan Lewis, also a very mobile quarterback, you know, not quite as bulky as a, as a runner. You know, he doesn't have the fullback type of qualities that Sam Neuer does, but he does provide a lot of pop from that position in terms of the running game. Um, again, though, the... I'm I'm confident saying that Sam did not think that he was going to win this job. Um, and I wonder where he will end up. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, what, what his path is going forward. Um, but I do think that, at least in terms of your starting day one quarterback, I, d I don't think it was going to be Sam. I don't. Um and, and, you know, just because, you know, there's there's things that you can pick apart in, in all three of their games. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, there's just the numbers game of it. You've got a one in three chance. Whereas you you transfer to, uh, I don't even know. 
trying to remember all these Pac-12 quarterbacks. Like if, like I don't think he's going to go to a Pac-12 team. Again, we'll get into that later. But just for an example, you go to Oregon and compete with whatever young guy they have there. That might be a, a situation where he, he's a little bit more comfortable, or even just more comfortable that he's going to be the number two. And that if if things do go south in a game, or in the season, or you know somebody gets hurt, that, that it's a little bit easier path instead of this three way competition. So just right there, it's there's the numbers game of it all. There's three guys competing versus he can absolutely find somewhere to compete with just one other. Um, also, you know, again, it's it's hard to to really judge the accuracy and that kind of stuff when. He played his best football in the first game and hurt his throwing shoulder in that game. And he says it got worse throughout the season and the accuracy seemed to get worse throughout the season. And it got particularly bad late in the year. There were a couple of times where he made some bad reads and threw the ball right to defenders. You know, that's that's a thing that happened. Um, I wonder because the, the, the numbers in terms of the passing for Sam are going to be kind of skewed because he is a running quarterback. Um, so, you know, the the total yards type of numbers, those are going to be lower because he does more with the ground game. But also, you know, you see the six touchdowns to seven interceptions and you say, wow, that's terrible. And don't get me wrong, like, it's bad. But at the same time, he also ran for four more touchdowns. And so when you're saying he provided 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions, yeah, it's, it's bad. It's not the end of the world. Again, he he did have some of those turnover issues. Um, but again, if, if you're throwing seven picks in six games, you're not going to be the worst quarterback in college football, that's for sure. You know, that's... If you were providing more, more in the passing game, then I guess you could live with it. Um, but again, 55% completion. The tough part, again, though, is just that he looks so good in that first game. And actually, did he have more than four rushing touchdowns? I think, I don't think that's all of them. Five. No, wait, that's, yeah, five. So there you go. It's 11 and seven touchdowns to interceptions. I guess you should probably factor fumbles in too if we're doing it that way. But again, you look at the numbers, 20 to 31 in his first game. That's 64 and a half percent. 15 to 24 in the next game, 62 and a half. 17 and 29, 58.6, 12 and 19, 63.2. So it ticks up right there, but also they were playing Arizona. And then the next week, 16 of 34 for 47% against Utah, 8 of 23 against Texas. And you know what? There's, there's a whole bunch of trends you could find here. I think it'd be pretty easy to say that those, those numbers, first of all, they're obviously decreasing as the season goes along. Is that because he's less accurate because of that throwing shoulder? Could be. Also, they played better teams later on. You know his best passing game against the UCLA defense? Probably the second worst defense they played all year. The, the second best passing game, in terms of, again, just purely completion percentage, Arizona, who is the worst defense they played all year. From there, it goes to Stanford, which I think probably the third worst. Uh, from there, San Diego State, yeah, just a little bit better than Stanford, a little bit worse than Utah, which was the next best. And then you've got Texas that was better than any of them. So, again, it's 
it's hard to 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 be too confident in the evaluation of his arm because he went through those circumstances. At the same time, though, I do think that this is an offense that wants to be able to throw the ball more, and I think that they're they're capable of doing that. Now, again, it's the the team will still be based on the running game, but maybe not running the ball more than any other team in the Pac-12, you know? And, and they still could do that probably and still pass the ball a little bit more. And just when you see things like 12 of 19 for 92 yards against Arizona, again, percentages are good. He also threw two picks in that game. Um, you could get more from that spot than you did last year. can absolutely get more from that spot than you did last year. Um, I think Sam, if he was the starter would play better in 2021. First of all, there's no injury. Second of all, he has the experience. Um, he'd have like a real offseason. Ah, I guess not really because he didn't get to play in spring spring camp. But he would play in fall camp, and that would be more experience than he had going into last year. So I do think that it, it it's definitely sucks to see Sam go because I – it's valuable to have depth, which we saw for CU last year. They were so thin, some of those guys that they had to run out there. You know, you think of you know the tight end position in particular. You go from picking up what seventy-seven yards with Brady Russell in the first game to getting almost nothing out of that position the rest of the year. It's tough. Um, having Sam would have provided a security blanket. Um, I I don't blame him for wanting more than that, though. Um, yeah. As we're going to get into uh, where Sam should be headed after this. Um, real quick, just to wrap it up. The competitions between JT and Brendan Lewis. I do think also that Drew Carter who what he was an early enrollee so he's he's like a real true freshman this year but he was on campus for spring ball I'm excited for him to be able to get the number three reps and and I just about brought this up earlier and I was like that cannot be said earlier than this part of the podcast um but he's exciting too he's a kind of a blend maybe of JT and Brendan you know, I don't think he's as mobile. He's definitely not as mobile as Brendan is. More mobile than JT is, though. He's got a big arm. He's got that big frame. Um, I He won't be a threat this year, but it will feel good giving him the third-team reps instead of pushing him all the way down to number four. You know, it's it's helping to develop that spot. And I guess that's the, the pros and cons of losing that depth piece in Sam when – Quarterback still is a question mark. Still is a question mark. Even if I don't think he was going to win, heard that he probably doesn't. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to have Sam around. Um, again, though, JT, Brendan, they're both very capable, very talented um, in different ways. Excited to see more of them. Um yeah, I, mean, I it's it's tough to say. I still think that Shrout has a slight edge at this point, um, but it is very close. And 
you know, you can't really go wrong either way. You know, if if you get Brendan to start this year, he's your starter for four years unless somebody comes in and beats him out. If if he, if JT Shrout starts this year, he's your starter for three years unless somebody comes in and beats him out. I don't think you're upset about either of those scenarios, especially because if they're as good as you want them to be, or even, you know what, as good as you need them to be. You know, if, if you're trying to be a, a consistent 8-10 to 10 win program, which I think is the goal, your quarterback probably should be leaving at, at some point, you know, or at least be considering going to the draft early. That's that's the type of guy you want at that position. Um, and to be honest, I think either of those guys can do that. Um, so, yeah. I think that that's all on the buff side of things. Uh, going to take a quick break, get into where Sam fits up next. Um, oh, and also after this, actually, before we get into that, uh, there were some quotes from Sam that, that CU sent out this morning, and uh, we're going to get into those first, and then we'll get into where he's going because he does kind of talk about that just a little bit. First, though, I want to remind you guys, if you aren't subscribed to DMVR, you're missing out. There's a whole bunch of cool stuff over there. Um, all sorts of bonuses, too. I think when you sign up, you get a free T-shirt. Uh, you uh, you get, like, big beers the size of small beers at the DMVR bar. A whole bunch of things like that. Uh, so definitely check that out. Also, Breckenridge Brewery, if you do go to the DMVR bar, try those seltzers. I had, uh, I guess I only had one last night. The thing about these playoffs, so so again, I've been either at the bar or at Ball Arena for all the playoffs games, playoff games for the Avs and the Nuggets. It takes a lot out of you. And like last night, the Avs played. Tonight, the Nuggets start their series against the Suns. The next night, the Avs play. Um, then the Nuggets play the next game. And then the Avs play again. And then the Nuggets play. And if the Avs and Knights split those two games, then they'll play again on Friday. And then the Nuggets play Saturday. So so it's just basically every night. Um, but, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. If you guys haven't checked that out. Seriously, though, if you go, go get those seltzers. They have them there. They're so good. Um, it was Allie's birthday, so there was, like, a bunch of her friends at the bar yesterday. They all were trying the seltzers. They all really like the seltzers. It's good stuff. Um, and again, if you're not at the DMVR bar, you can pick them up at like the grocery store, the liquor store, all those places you typically find that kind of thing. Um, but if you want to be sure, use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website, and it will tell you exactly where you can go to grab whatever it is you want to try, whether it is the the seltzers or the uh, the like beers or whatever. They have it all right there and make it easy to figure out what you can get. Uh, also, want to give a shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I uh, I had a lot of fun yesterday with uh, a bet that I made. So, let's see, when was this? I think I made the bet Friday night. Um, point is, I got Colin Morikawa to win the Memorial Tournament, uh, the golf tournament. Um, and... At the time, I got him at plus 1,200, which means like 12 to 1 odds. Um, you go through Saturday, and I was like watching all day Saturday, and John Rahm was just on fire. He, he, uh, he could not miss. I think he had like six or seven birdies on the back nine on Saturday and took total control of that tournament. 
Uh, he had a six-shot lead going into the last day. And I had, I turned it off for the last couple holes because I was like, yeah, this is over. Sorry, Colin. I'm, I'm bailing. Turns out he tested positive for COVID and couldn't play on Sunday, had to withdraw from the tournament. All of a sudden, my guy Colin Morikawa is tied for the lead instead of six shots back. And yesterday was wild. I like I, I woke up. I, I turned on golf at like 8.45 in the morning, just golf all day, all day. And turns out that uh, Colin made it to a playoff or, yeah, wound up in a playoff. Things went south, and uh, they he wound up losing the playoff, which sucked. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and I was very close to, to hitting my 12-to-1 bet. Um, if you guys want to get in on this, you absolutely should. Um, the, there's so much to bet on, obviously. There's the golf. There's the basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, um, the UFC boxing stuff that's been going on. Um, seriously, a lot of fun. You should check it out. Um, and definitely choose DraftKings because it is – actually, here's, here's a better ending to that story. What happened was uh, DraftKings paid out the, everybody who had John Rom bets. So whether you had, like, John Rom to win the tournament – you, you, you hit that. You had him, like, top 10, obviously, you hit that. Um, what else? Uh, like, like if you... I think one of the bets you could make was for him to beat Jordan Spieth. The other sports books would say, no, he didn't. He withdrew. DraftKings paid out all those bets if you had John Rahm. It's, uh, it's, it's why they're the number one rated sports book because um, they do things like that. They seriously take care of you. They're safe, secure. They're reliable. You can deposit, withdraw whenever you want. Um, there's constant promotions. I actually, actually, I got in at Colin Morikawa at plus 800, but there was a 50% profit boost. So instead of eight to one odds, I got 12 to one odds. It just, it is the absolute best sports book. You guys should be using it. Um, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, let's get into, uh, so, so what happened was at about 9.15 this morning, maybe, uh, CU sent out an email basically announcing that Sam Neuer is in the transfer portal. Um, it, it said that he told the coaching staff Monday morning about his decision, um, part of the 2016 class, uh, we talked about, uh, the, the switching to safety for a season. Um, so that was the, the 2019 season he switched to safety. Between the 2019-2020 season, uh, when Mel Tucker was still the head coach right before he left, uh, Sam went into the transfer portal. Um, Carl came in. Carl said, hey, you might actually be able to, to, to be the starter here. And Sam came back. And Carl has a quote in this that they sent out. It said, Sam came back when he didn't have to after graduating over a year ago and helped the program greatly get back on the right track. As a veteran, he offered us some stability and depth at the position. We all wish him well. And while we're sad to see him leave, the parting is certainly amicable. It's what you want to hear. It's what you want to hear. Um, run through some of the numbers. We touched on all of that. Thousand-yard passer. Um Six touchdowns, five interceptions in the regular season. Um, here's what Sam had to say. I've obviously enjoyed my time here at CU, and deciding to come back here was one of the best decisions I've ever made. 
The season was everything I thought it would be and more, but at the same time, I didn't finish finish the season well, partly due to my shoulder injury. So now I'm looking forward to a new opportunity and a fresh start, a place where they need a veteran quarterback who has the added experience of playing on both sides of the ball. It's not that I felt that I was not or that I wasn't needed at CU. I just wanted a new opportunity, hopefully in Division One and even in the Pac-12 if possible, knowing that I can compete at a high level in a Power Five conference. But I'm willing to go wherever I can play. They'll help me make me or they'll help make me better and give me an opportunity to fulfill my dream to play in the NFL. Um, yeah, then they talk a little bit about the other quarterbacks. But it's a little bit interesting stuff there. I think before we get into what he had to say, really, the the fact that he was in the transfer portal last year is going to help him. Um, I can't remember exactly how long he was in. It was probably about a month. And you'd have to think during that time that some coaches reached out to him. Um, now, after watching him play this season, uh, those coaches who reached out to him will absolutely still want him, unless it's some crazy situation where their quarterback really went off. And they're like, ah, actually, we're good. Seems pretty rare, though. Um, on top of that, what he did last year obviously makes him much more valuable as a quarterback in the transfer portal. And... There should be more offers. Um, I do think it's important, though, just to reiterate that having been in there before, potentially having built some relationships before, that is going to be a good thing for him this time around. Um, in terms of where I think he goes, I think he probably doesn't play Power 5, if I'm being honest. I think that he probably is you know, kind of deciding between a, a, a group of five spot and an FCS spot. Um, and if he does choose to go to an FCS school, I think he'd be very good there. I think that if I were him, maybe this is where I need to start saying, go go to Montana. Go to Montana. We, we would love to have you at Montana. It's going to be a national championship season. Um, but seriously, if he goes there, he is going to be a force running the football. And when you can do that, it's just going to open things up so much more in the passing game. Um, I think that if that happens, he's, he puts up really big numbers. I think his team is really successful. Whereas you, you choose a group of five spot, you know, I, I have faith in Sam. I think that Sam's a good football player, but you know, you have to be a little bit skeptical. You have to wonder what exactly that looks like. What if they don't have the same running game? What if they don't have the same offensive line to protect him? Um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting process to see who offers him. You know, because it could even be a situation where the options are uh, compete with another guy at a Power 5 school, take a starting job, take a likely starting job at a Group of 5 school, or just say, screw it, I want to go be a superstar in an FCS school. You know, and, and those could be the options. At the same time, the options could be, you know, walk on at a power five school or compete with another guy at a group of five school or, or be a starter and still a likely superstar type player at, uh, at an FCS school. And so, so we'll follow along, of course, and see where Sam winds up. But it is going to be interesting because, again, he, he was buried on the depth chart in 2019 and switched to safety because of all the things that happened wound up 
coming back and being a starter and playing playing well. Playing well for Colorado. You play well enough to be the the second team all pack twelve quarterback. So how much do people weigh those five games he played? Again, after he was named, or I guess I'm not sure when the awards came out, but that's a regular season award. And he didn't play well against Texas. And if the Texas game was factored in, does he come in fourth or fifth in the voting instead of second? I don't know, but it's possible. Um, with the small sample size, with the injuries that, that kind of slowed him down, especially later in the season. And, you know, the fact that with his style of play, you aren't you aren't necessarily looking at that injury and saying, hmm, that's a fluke. You know, he, he throws that shoulder into guys, and there's a real chance that he winds up with another injury sometime in the future. You know, it's a, it's going to be an interesting process. And I could see a lot of things coming out of it. Um, obviously, wish Sam the best. He, uh, he, he was always great with the media. Um, again, very vocal on the team, a great leader for the team, especially last season when they needed him to kind of be something to rally around. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And while we keep an eye on that, we'll also be keeping an eye on the quarterback competition that's now down to two with JT Shrout and Brendan Lewis. You know, they've also got Grant Cicerone out there. Yeah, I think it's Cicerone. I check whether it's Cicerone or Ciceroni probably every three weeks. Um, Jordan Wolverton out there. And then the other scholarship court, the, the true, true freshman, Drew Carter, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but I still feel really good about this position. Um, I think that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, I forgot to say this earlier. We were going to talk about the Stanford game today. Um, that was the plan for Mondays, you know, looking back at games from last year. Well, now, obviously, this was more important. So we'll get to the Stanford game tomorrow. And uh, I'm excited to uh, do that. So see you then.